1: Got it. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra fifteen percent off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now thirty-five to seventy percent off, and twenty-five percent off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase, except gift card, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com/star rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply it to more all day, all day. You know welcome to Birdland, Birdland. we're the news, we bringing it to you always, always. You know what's up, welcome to Birdland, orange or black, we rebuild the pack, no matter where we at, you know we coming back, section 336, we on this, so tune in, tune in. You know what's up, welcome to Birdland, yeah, yeah, welcome to Birdland, you know what's up, so welcome to Birdland. Birdland, now, here come the boys from section 3.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports podcasting. I forget how this intro goes. It's been too long. As always, I'm joined by
0: the button lover,
2: Josh Alright,
0: uh, It's all right, Matt. I know we just started, but we're going to need you to take another COVID test. Might need to kick you off this, this show.
2: Oh, oh man! If if that happens, I'm just gonna go home and drink some wine and quit. <laughs>
0: right, you're gonna quit
2: for the rest of the year? Yeah, well, until I change my mind. But I am gonna right. drink some wine.
0: Well, at least you didn't. We didn't do a whole bunch of hype and like tweets and videos and stuff uh, promoting you coming back to Section 336 this week after focusing on your uh, dissertation.
2: Yeah, that was an awkward interview where. It, Minutes after they announced that Dez was not playing, uh, a five-minute interview about how pumped Dez is to play,
0: that was, that was a bit awkward. But, but the thing that was even more awkward than that interview video was when they came back to the four guys, like Jay Glazer and the other guys, who all get paid and make their money from the NFL. Yeah. And all standing around like, clearly this game shouldn't be played, but we can't say anything that this is just crazy.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things that we've talked about on here all the time about some of the hypocrisy, about some of the rules, and uh, <laughs> right. and, and, and there's times like this where that's so completely exposed, that's so obvious that right. like it's it's laughable, but yeah. you also get it.
0: Yeah, NFL employees tweeting pictures of Des Bryant hugging Cowboys and everything pregame and then deleting all those tweets as if it didn't happen because that might look bad.
2: Yeah, people are pretty good now on Twitter, though. I don't know how it. I mean, does everyone take a snapshot every time someone tweets something? Because now it seems like nothing goes away even after you delete it. Yeah, I I
0: don't know. It is. It's crazy.
2: There's a bunch of people with um, um, Des Bryant saying he quit. Uh, with that photo saved in their phones. There's about a million people. Yeah, that pho-
0: except photo that one's phones. obvious. Saying, oh, I quit. That's an obvious one. That, okay, we'll save this to screw with you later. Yeah, because he's not quitting. But, but a yeah. picture of this Bryant hugging people is like, why did you think that's going to come back to bite the NFL?
2: Right. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's, I think that's newsworthy. Like, if you were in the business of of totally. dispensing news... You would dispense news of Des Bryan, who just tested positive for COVID, hugging people. Right. But if you're in the business of making your owners happy or making your employer happy, yeah, it's probably not a good,
0: good tweet. Right. Well, the good news is we're going to focus on baseball tonight. I got.
2: We got to get into this stuff. This There's is, been some stuff happening. The, the
0: winter meetings are now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they're virtual, but yeah. All right, real quick, let's fix your mic. I know we're a couple minutes into it, Yeah, but I always think my room sounds echoey, and I've been talking to someone. You sound really echoey. I sound echoey. Yeah. Flip those switches.
2: I'm on three. That's the normal one I go to, but uh, we'll try two. Is that any better?
0: Yeah, that's a lot better. All right. We'll stick with two tonight. There we go. Yeah. One day, we'll figure out what the numbers mean Yeah, and go with the real one. Um, One day, maybe I'll get a real mic. Yeah, I know. We'll see. We can get you a real mic. Maybe I'll ship you a, my, my spare mic, and we'll get you set down the road. What we need is we need some more. You know how we'll get you a mic is through the 336ers. Go to 336er.com and become a 336er by sponsoring us for $3.36 a month. Yeah, Do and you I, I, I You I'm could promising. be your dollar a month and sponsor, like, a kid with food, or you could sponsor your favorite Baltimore Orioles podcast.
2: Yeah. Whatever. You know, wherever you want to either uh to to save to save uh dying puppies or to buy me a mic. Whatever.
0: Right, whatever's important to you.
2: Whatever wherever your values are.
0: Exactly. Um,
2: but but yeah, Josh, it's been it's been a while. I've been finishing up my, my dissertation. It's the it's, it's sent. Um so it's the load off my shoulders and so yeah. I'm free to do this podcast, You're, free to to tell you about why we should have never fired Dan cat and Trash Mega Lions. We need to do all these things, and I'm, I'm pumped to be back.
0: Your book report took Section 336 down for the longest we've ever been down. Yeah. We've never missed two weeks in a row. We rarely miss one week.
2: It's true. Well, and we're recording this podcast at 11 o'clock, 11 o'clock p.m., which is probably the latest we've ever recorded a podcast, but it's fine for me. Outside of like spring
0: uh, training or something. Yes. Yeah,
2: yeah, but it's fine for me because normally my bedtime's at nine o'clock. But my book report has kept my hours till about 2 a.m. Every, every night. And so now this feels like early. Like, I'm ready to go. We can do a three-hour right. podcast right now. Let's go.
0: <laughs> and, and you're still teaching virtually, which means no pants. You get, barely got to get out of bed well, to do still it.
2: still going to school every day. But, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But you still don't have pants.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm literally now, like, the only person upstairs in my building who comes to work. Why do you morning. still go to school? Because I can't teach with these two little kids
0: running around. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And so you the, have the choice.
2: Yeah, I have the choice. And on the down low, I was I mean, spending a lot of my time working my dissertation at school where it was quiet.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you ever just cough a bunch when someone walks by so people then just leave you alone?
2: No, I think they would send me home and that would defeat the purpose.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. You can't, gotcha. You
2: can't cough in our society today. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I cough I when I cough myself I, I look at myself weird like like get away from me to, to, to myself. Do you you know
0: what, right, do you ever like wake up not feeling great and it's just a normal like cold because it's winter and you're like oh I've got the COVID.
2: Yeah. I was talking to a person at work today, I should I hope they don't listen to the show. But their whole theory was no one has symptoms until they test positive. Like They think the whole, this whole thing is like a mental thing, where once you test positive, they're coming down with coughs and sore throats, think, but if they never test positive, they would never have any symptoms.
0: Yeah. I think there is something to that. I don't think that's quite how it works, but I think the amount of stress that we've been under over this definitely adds to sickness. Yeah. And feeling out of it. Yeah. I but, agree. Yeah.
2: No, but hey, we haven't been on since, um, what, like Thanksgiving?
0: No, now, there's vaccines now.
2: Yeah, there's. I, my wife and I got through a big fight, and I, I couldn't talk about it all on the podcast, so I had to survive it all on my own.
0: Over the vaccine?
2: No. Oh, no, you mean over,
0: just a general fight? Just over pumpkin pie. Oh.
2: You know, Josh, every year Mom buys pumpkin pie. You're the only person who ever eats it, and you weren't around for Thanksgiving to eat it. Pumpkin pie. All right.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. My Thanksgiving food was not like. Thanksgiving food either. Uh, did you have pumpkin pie? No, okay. because because see because Mandy doesn't eat pumpkin pie, so she didn't buy pumpkin pie. And when well, I no went, one eats
2: pumpkin pie at the house, but she bought pumpkin I went, pie. I
0: went, I went to Publix to buy pumpkin pie, and they didn't have any. All they had was one cherry pie in the store, How and did I bought have a cherry pie, pie
2: at a grocery store right before Thanksgiving.
0: Because I went Wednesday night, the day before, like late oh. at night. But here oh, was and the Gigi big problem: bought up all the pumpkin pie. Yeah. I like pumpkin pie. I can't eat pumpkin pie without Cool Whip. Mm. There was no Cool Whip in the store. I looked for that as well. No Cool Whip? What kind of groceries no cool whip are you guys
2: running down there in Florida? The,
0: the best ones, but no Cool Whip and no uh, toilet paper. I don't know if the two have anything to do with each other, mm. but they were out of both of them down here. No,
2: but, but anyway, so no one touches the pumpkin pie, right? And so I go over my mom's so you took house it home the next day, and my mom's like... Um, You know, no one touched the pumpkin pie. How about you take it home? I'm like, Mom, I can't take the pumpkin pie home. Emily won't like it. Emily Emily doesn't approve. She doesn't eat pumpkin pie. I don't really like pumpkin pie. No one likes pumpkin pie. Pumpkin
0: pie is great. I like pumpkin pie. Of course,
2: Mom, like, knows how to push my button. She's like, okay, I'm just going to throw it away. And at this point, I have to step in. I can't let her just throw the pumpkin pie away. So I I take the pumpkin pie home so it can sit in my fridge.
0: You made a mistake. You needed to steal a, a trick from Dad. Who was once given pumpkin pie from his mom, and then he put it on the roof of the car and drove away with the with it on the roof, mm, and then had to move. go right. Then had to go back and find the ran over Tupperware with tire marks in it. Mm. So I remember that from being a kid. So that's what you should have done: is left it on the roof. There's no way it would have made it over the Bay Bridge, and you would have been in the clear.
2: Well, it, it makes sense. It's happened because no food travels more. Then pumpkin pie after Thanksgiving because nobody wants it. It gets passed <laughs> no, no, along no, that's from home a, to home.
0: No, that's it. you're you're acting like pumpkin pie is like a fruit cake or yeah, something. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, no. it's, the, it's the it's
2: the fruit cake of the Thanksgiving holiday.
0: No, uh, the cranberry sauce would be the fruit cake oh, of the no way of the Thanksgiving holiday. No way. You're or maybe the yams.
2: You're insane. But anyway, I, t- I took it home. Emily got mad because has, she has pumpkin pie in her fridge. The kids <laughs> don't even eat the pumpkin pie. I have Faye eats everything, won't touch the pumpkin pie. So I had to eat a whole pumpkin pie by myself. I didn't even like it out of principle <laughs> that no. I was justified for bringing it home. And then okay. I got a tummy
0: ache. So, so, So your fight was over pumpkin pie.
2: Yeah, bringing the pumpkin pie home. Yeah. And we have the same fight every single year. Every single then, year then for the past why 10 years.
0: Then why don't you stop bringing the pumpkin pie home?
2: Because Gigi will throw it away. I can't just let her throw it away, pumpkin pie. But you don't like it. But it's a waste. It's a, it's a principle thing. I don't, I don't want food Gift wasted. Gift it. Gift it to a neighbor. Gift pumpkin pie to a neighbor? Yeah. <laughs> it's like gifting a fruitcake to the neighbor. No, I'm not doing that.
0: I think you're wrong on this. I think most of the world, most of America likes pumpkin pie.
2: Okay, <laughs> you're telling me if I took a, a pumpkin pie to my next-door neighbors and said Happy Thanksgiving and here's a pumpkin pie the day after Thanksgiving, <laughs> they'll yeah. be excited to see it? Yes, yes, it's pumpkin pie. But only what's, if I bring
0: Cool Cool Whip too, right? What's your favorite pie? But yes, you need Cool Whip on pumpkin pie.
2: Um, I, I guess traditional a- apple pie.
0: Uh, okay, all right. all right. That's okay. All
2: right. Uh, no, I want to get into Michael Elias. We're right. wasting time.
0: All, All right. right. Yeah. Well, I, I got, well, I was just going to ask you, do you like sweet potato pie? Because I didn't know what sweet potato pie was until I saw it at Publix and I picked it up thinking it was pumpkin pie.
2: No, it's not pumpkin pie. Uh, no.
0: Why would anyone buy a sweet potato pie?
2: No, sweet potato pie is like something you eat part, as part of the course. It's not even like a dessert. It's like its own.
0: No, it looks just like pumpkin pie. It's a dessert thing. Uh, I don't know. We, we're, we're,
2: uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't I don't I don't recall ever having sweet potato pie. We weren't sweet potato pie. No, years. I think
0: I'm wondering if it's a it's a it's a Southern thing, Florida thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you want to talk to Michael Elias, or, yeah, or should we just re uh, go for pies pie discussion for an hour? No, we can do that next week. <laughs> okay. All right. We got some Orioles news this week.
2: Yeah, they'll probably we're probably done with Orioles. I mean, the Orioles will make a selection in the Rule Five Draft this week. Um,
0: Maybe. They seem to be getting rid of people, not signing people. No, they will. What, what
2: they get rid of is anyone who costs more than a million dollars. <laughs> all but right. They'll sign people who are making league minimum. So, we'll get someone in the Rule 5 draft. I guarantee that. <sighs>
0: all right. Hey. So, uh, yeah. Who, uh, who tweeted this yesterday? I want to thank the Orioles for the opportunity the past two years. My teammates, coaches, and community for all the memories I'm excited for this upcoming year with the Reds as a team that I started playing ball with as a kid in North Clayton, Georgia. Hashtag big Red, big red Machine. Oh, who's
2: playing with the Reds? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. Is that? Uh, Orioles for the
0: Orioles for the past two years. Now for the Reds. Well, well- oh, I, I stumped you. Where's your show prep? Oh, I'm, I was
2: focused on these middle infielders. You're not talking about a middle infielder. You're no, about, this uh, is
0: an outfielder.
2: You're talking about an outfielder. Oh, yeah, 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 the yeah. The face yeah, of the yeah. organization yeah, last offseason. Very good at MLB the show. Very and good at MLB else. the show. <laughs> Mr. Dwight Smith Jr.
0: Yeah, Mr. Dwight Smith Jr. is now a red.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that. Good, good, good
0: riddance. <laughs> yeah, we don't need him.
2: Yeah. That's, That's,
0: yeah. All right. So what direction were you going with this?
2: Well, I mean, there were three significant moves. You know, looking into the, this season and kind of looking forward, the weakness of this team is the infield. Um, we, uh, we have a plethora of solid outfielders, but our yeah. infield seems to be lacking. And so over the past couple of weeks since I've been working on my book report, the Orioles have uh, progressed to get rid of three of our infielders, a third baseman, a shortstop, and a second baseman. But, yes. as, as you pointed out, at least we kept our first baseman, Chris Davis, uh, okay. that we got rid of. Well, we also uh,
0: kept our first baseman, Ryan Mountcastle, and our first baseman, uh, Trey Mancini.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but, no, I want to talk about each of these moves kind of at a micro level, like how the Orioles will replace the production and what it takes okay. to lose these guys. And then we can talk about maybe Elias' bigger plan here okay. with these three guys. Uh, the first one, and we'll go in order of when this happened. The first person to re- be released um, was Renato Nunez. Um, here's a guy who uh, a couple years ago led the team in home runs. I think it was second home runs last, last year. Um, this past year uh, uh, was, f- I think, fourth or fifth in offensive war. Um, con- He's fifth in offensive war. The only people that had a better offensive war than him were DJ Stewart, Santander, Mountcastle, and Iglesias. Um, so he didn't have a bad year this year, an offensive war 3.5. Um, we know his defense is lacking. We know he strikes out a lot. We know he doesn't walk as much as we would like. Um, but a power-hitting offensive contributor in Renato Nunez. Yep. And we let him walk in his first year of arbitration. He was going to make, I don't know, a couple million dollars. Um, and I guess they tried to make a trade, but in the end... We just let them walk um, for nothing.
0: Right. I I don't mind this move. I think it's really important as you build a team th- to focus on defense, especially when you're going to have young pitchers. And when I think about those Oriole teams that started to win in 2012, 2014, 2016. Uh, Defense and the bullpen were the key to those teams. And I think in order to bring up these young pitchers and give confidence, you need defense behind them. So I can understand passing on Nunez to get a better defender.
2: And um, Nunez, I mean, part part of the question is here is, and I I agree with the defense stuff, he's bad defensively. So the question is, can he be a DH-only kind of player? And so then the question becomes, is there room for a – Right. Or Nunez at DH, and I would argue really. you could you could hide him for another year. You could, you, you could make it work for another year.
0: You could, but is it worth it? Does he, adding him as a DH role give you anything, or do you get more with him as a DH, with him without him, and kind of giving Trey and Mount Castle time off and stuff and as DH?
2: Yeah, I, I get it. Like I get it, and you get more flexibility without. Um, Renato Nunez. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I wasn't shocked by it. I don't hate it. Um, I wasn't like every other Orioles podcaster who um, 100% saw this coming and love uh, Michael Elias for it. And we'll talk about some, some Orioles podcasters later and just Orioles Twitter. Who <laughs> praise Megalia's for trading for Jose Iglesias? Oh, it's so smart! Get the defense on a good deal, and then he trades Jose Jose Iglesias. Oh, he's so smart for trading Jose Iglesias! Like the
0: dude can do no wrong. There, there's a up. lot. There is a lot of people who really want to just suck up, and and they're all in on trust the process.
2: Yeah, and they act like we didn't go to the playoffs. In, it, uh, in, in the, Between 2010 and 2020, that we, we, they act like we didn't go to the playoffs three times and we right. division in that time. Right. Everyone forgets about that that time existed. Uh-huh. But, but no, the Renato Nunez thing, the only thing that bothers me about it yep. is this is a bad rebuilding team. And I don't understand how on a bad rebuilding team there is not room for Renato Nunez. Like Renato Nunez is better than guys currently on the roster. And not just Chris Davis. He's better than Pat Fuleka. Uh, right. He's better than, I would argue he's better than Chris Shaw. I would argue he's better than Ra- Ra- Ramon Arias. And then we get to the pitchers. Like, I would argue he's better yeah. than Cole Sulcer and Travis Lakin and some of these other guys. There's right, just I'll a lot that. of bad guys on our, play- on, our, on our baseball team. And I have a hard time saying to myself that Pedro Alvarez deserves to be cut because we don't have room on the 40-man for him when we still have room for Pat Vileka. I I don't really understand that.
0: Uh, Well, let's say, well, maybe the Orioles played too well last year and Elias was upset that he didn't get the number one overall pick.
2: Don't buy that. No, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, I buy that he's not really trying to win.
0: No, I... Uh, what if he thinks he can bring in – I'm sure he looked at the free agency class and thought he could bring in a better defender for the yes. corner.
2: Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's got
0: to be. Think, you, yeah, you're not going to roll with who we have currently.
2: Yeah, I think the, the versatility – like Pac Vileka can play more than one position, right? He can play second base. He can play third base. In a pinch, he can play shortstop. He can play first right. base. In a pinch, he can play a corner out We're position. Renato Nunez cannot do any of those things. He can barely play third base, his primary position. But so you get versatility, and you also get, like, you could fill someone in that 40-man roster spot who's making league minimum, and he was set to make a couple million dollars. So you also save a couple million dollars, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure is part of the conversation as well. And, again, and we'll talk about kind of what this means bigger picture, but I don't, like, I, I never had Renato Nunez penciled in in 2023, or at least he was never penned in. If he was anything, it was penciled in very lightly. But he was no. never, like, we never talked about Renato Nunez as being a centerpiece of the 2023 team, right? Like, that was never right. a thing. Right,
0: So, so uh, all right. I'm a, so, so what do you so think? Do you I, think I, we question, signed Justin Turner? Yeah,
2: yeah. I, <laughs> I, I don't think so. Well, maybe, and I'll, I'll talk about why we might in a minute. But, but yeah, I, was, I, I don't hate the move, and I, get, I 100% get it. Um, But I I also was really surprised. You know what? The part of the thing is with all these moves, everyone's so praising Mike Elias for everything. And I push back against it a little bit. It's like at work. Like, we're doing virtual instruction. And to be honest, it's a little bit of a pain. But, like, we don't have to deal with classroom management. And just in general, it's from a teacher perspective, it's easier to do virtual learning than it is in person. In person, it's harder. But, like, teachers just complain about everything right? <laughs> teachers complain about virtual, teachers complain about it in person. If we, if we, if it was a perfect world, they'd find something to complain about. And so I just feel like, often when I'm teaching, like I just complain to fit in. Like, I just start, yeah, 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 it's the worst. Oh, I hate it. Oh, yeah, we get no respect. Like, I just kind of do it to fit in, even though I don't think about it at all. I don't agree with that at all. Um, and I feel like that's supposed to be how Oriole Fandom does, too. Like, we're supposed to grumble and complain about all these moves, and it's just a little bit upsetting that everyone is, like, slurping everything Mike Elias does um, it's yeah. a little bit uh, confusing for me because I thought it's, as sports fans we're supposed to be kind of negative and pessimistic well, and skeptical.
0: And it's also prematurely. You're, you're, you're praising things before you even see the other shoe drop. And you can't really judge any of these moves without seeing how it goes because you still have to put someone at third base. So you got to wait and see. Who, who knows, we might and it might end up. It's a bad move if the person costs more money and is less productive that you end up putting at third base.
2: Yeah. I mean, right so, now, the guys um, – and that's the other thing, too, though. When you lose to Nunez, unlike Jose Iglesias, you don't need to fill his roster spot with anyone in particular. Like, the third baseman right now is Rio Ruiz, and then you can start having conversations about Pat Faleka or Raylan Bannon or this new guy they picked up, Yomer Sanchez, but they're not – they're not missing a position because he didn't have a position in, right. in Nunez. So, maybe, that, maybe, but it's, just, uh, it's weird, right, to just cut your lead in home run hitter um, right. for nothing. It's just kind of weird. For first year of arbitration, it's just kind of weird.
0: It is. And you would, yeah, it's weird. You would think maybe you could sign him and then look at trading him. But also free agency is weird this year to begin with. And we don't really know how all that's going to be shaken out yet. Um, uh, maybe you can put Chris Davis over there again. Yeah. yeah. Let him play third base.
2: Yeah. But, it, I mean, it's still, like, I don't think Ruiz is the answer long term. Wasn't
0: Mountcastle playing th- some third base?
2: Yeah. Weren't yeah. they trying that in the minors? Yeah, well, that's was his – I mean, he was originally drafted as a shortstop. They moved right. him to third base. He played third base for forever oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, until they decided recently to move him to second base in the outfield. Yeah.
0: Maybe what we all don't know is that he's working on third base through the offseason. Well, it would help our team tremendously
2: if he turned into a halfway decent third baseman.
0: (laughs) Or or any fielder at any any position.
2: So he doesn't have to clog up the left field. Though, again, I thought he was pretty impressive last year at left field. Um, All right,
0: so... All right, so Nunez gone.
2: Yeah, the other one, just real quick, Hanser Alberto. People were more upset by Hanser Alberto. Um, I think in some ways than Renato Nunez, which I was like, I don't know, I never like because, at Hans because Roberto Hans is a better R- player than Renato Nunez. But
0: Hans Roberto, me. people liked Hansa Roberto the same way they liked Joey Ricard, the same way they liked Nate McClough. All these just like they like these guys, guys yeah. they like fringe guys that look like they shouldn't be on a baseball team. Yeah, and fans fall in love with those people.
2: Yeah, I yeah, I agree. So I wasn't I kind of I kind of everyone kind of saw that one
0: coming and that was Yeah, I didn't see any reason to give him more money.
2: Yeah, he was yeah, he's not he's like he's just a good average player. Right? He's not exceptional at defensively, he's not an exceptional hitter. I guess maybe. I mean, the thing I liked about Hans Roberto is baseball can be boring sometimes and Hans Roberto if he's at bat, you just got to watch two two pitches and he's doing something. Like he's not waiting around. He's not taking a couple of pitches. Like he's swinging first pitch. He's trying to make contact no matter where the ball is. So from a fan perspective, that was fun.
0: Right, right. But he's not a guy. I mean, he's young. He's only twenty. What eight years old? But he's not a guy that like none of these guys that the Orioles cut have anyone jumped on and signed. You know, I guess Dwight Smith Junior. is the first Oriole to go sign somewhere else. Yeah, and like, uh, so it's not like but, there's a demand for these guys.
2: Right, because Zoras would have traded them if they could. Like, True. You, you know Mike Elias is working the phones and trying to trade these guys before he, he DFA'd them. And so, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, I think Nunez and Alberto will find a home, probably on a major league contract.
0: Um, but again, right. I, I get it. And that's, again, where we're still waiting, to, waiting out to see how free agency is for that type of thing. The
2: other move... I think that was surprising. Um, and this is the one that fan reaction really got me. Like, I could get, like, I, I really understood Nunez, and I really understood Alberto. Like, I get why you don't want to resign those guys. Um, Jose Iglesias, Josh, you mentioned before about the importance of, of good defensive uh, alignment when you're bringing up these young, young pitchers, kind of a veteran shortstop to kind of groom the other infielders. Like, a shortstop's a very important position in the field. And so, Jose Iglesias had just a monster year last year offensively as well. Um, so, Josh, you're, uh, we ended up trading Jose Iglesias to the mm-hmm. Angels for Garrett Stallings, uh, who I think is like our number 26 prospect. Yeah, and, it's more... And, and Jean Pinto, who is a, like a 18-year-old um, yeah. international signing guy. Yeah,
0: two um, This one was, yeah, this one was weird because... I think he was only making what 2 or 3 million. He wasn't making a whole lot. We picked yeah, up his option. Yeah. We had just
2: picked up his option, yeah.
0: And he seemed like he was he seemed like the type of guy that you would build your de- your infield around. And it, not like he's only 30 years old, so he's not an old guy. So you would think he's the guy who could help out in the rebuild. Cuz you can't you don't want to just put just a bunch of young guys out there. You want a veteran out there. You want a guy who can be the quarterback of the infield. That's generally your shortstop. Iglesias made a lot of sense for that.
2: Yeah, especially when our other options are, I mean, Richie Martin, who we don't know if he's going to be healthy to start the year. Um, right. Pat Vallejo, who's terrible. Other guys who have not had a lot of experience playing shortstop. So there's not like another shortstop on the 40 man who is clearly a shortstop. Right there's a bunch of u- utility guys that could play shortstop in a pinch, um, but besides Martin, who we don't know if it's healthy, there's, there's not a shortstop on there. So that's a, a hole in our roster. When's Bannon ready? Not this what? year. Well, and he's not a shortstop. He's more of a third base, second base, kind of okay, u- utility guy. And, and I don't, I don't know if anyone really sees him as being an everyday player as as, as much as a. All right. Kind of platoon. What
0: about, isn't Gunner a shortstop? Yes. All right. He's nowhere near ready, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, Gunnar is one of our top prospects. He's up to now number six, just behind Ryan Mountcastle. Um, and shortstop, but, like, he's 19. <laughs> um, All right. So is so he as good as, as Manny Machado? Gonna, and we don't even know if he's going to stay at shortstop. So. Right. Um, yeah, so th- there's no one as far as infield. Um, That's ready. Yeah, Vavra is a guy we, we got in the trade recently, um, who's a shortstop. But again, I, I don't I, like you. Just you don't know about these guys. And so, I mean, what's going to happen is the Orioles are going to sign um, a veteran. Yeah, the Orioles are going to sign a shortstop. Um, the, but the the return is weird too. Like, here's the write up. Can I just read you? Tell, tell me how you feel about this. So Garrett Stallings yeah. was the big piece. Like the other guy was, and I get. Mike Elias is doing all these throw-in international signings to build up mm-hmm. his international you What know, Which
0: he teams. needs because we got nothing there. Because he has no bodies. Yeah, he's trying
2: to get bodies. Yeah. So the big guy we got in the trade was Garrett Stallings, who was their 21st prospect, our 26th prospect. Here, here's his write-up. In, Isn't that um,
0: weird? It's been a while since we've uh, traded and brought someone in who has gone down in a, like a worse prospect list. Yeah, from 21 to 26, that's, that's kind of a cool state of our farm system right now.
2: Yeah, that, that, that's a cool sign. That's a good sign when they're lower on your list than they were on the other guy's list. Uh, but here's his write-up. Tell, tell me how excited this gets you. As a high schooler in Virginia, this is from MLB.com. As a high schooler in Virginia, Stallings showed polish on the mound, but not enough stuff to really register on the draft radar, so he went to the University of Tennessee. He was pretty much the same pitcher with the volunteers, but this time with three years of solid track record in the Southeastern Conference on his resume. That led to the Angels taking him in the fifth round of the 2019 draft, though after not pitching that summer, after a heavy college workload and the 2020 shutdown, he never threw an official pitch for the Angels before he was traded to the Orioles um, in the Jose Iglesias deal. None of Stalling's offerings jump off the page, but he has legitimate four-pitch mix. His fastball will top up 93 and more often comes at 88 to 91, so an 88 to 91-mile-per-fastball. But he commands the pitch well in his tennis sink. His changeup, which has similar movement, plays off it nicely, and he sells it well. His curve got better during his junior year. Um, so, I mean, it's a guy with – he right. reminds Potential. me of – Wells, right? of Alexander Wells, Yes, who has good command, not great stuff, and everyone kind of wonders at some point.:
0: If, if he, he gets the right coach, get... he can right. If yeah. we get the right coach, if we get him in the right minor system, oh, this guy can really blow up in a positive, yeah. not a bad, not a negative.
2: <laughs> but I, I see more negative. I mean, I, I don't know how, and, may, and maybe you can, but how many guys are successful when their when they're average fastball is 89 miles per hour? I, you don't see that a ton. Um, but clearly Michael Elias likes them, right? And so this is what we're talking, and you mentioned before about, like, we don't know. Like, we're crowning Michael Elias before he's done anything. All he's done is tanked, and so we're giving him a lot of credit for tanking well. Props to you, Elias, you're not Elias.
0: I, I could tank well. It doesn't take much to tank.
2: Yeah. Now, if Garrett Stallings turns into be even just a, a number five rotation piece, he's a starter, right? So even if he turns into a number five rotation piece, and you get him as a number five starter for a, a bunch of years, for Jose Iglesias for one year. For Jose Iglesias, that was a great trade. So, but we won't know for three or four years if the Garrett Stallings trade was a good trade. So, a lot of the deals Elias is making, you just you won't know. And you better hope you better hope this works because he's putting all his kind of eggs in this rebuild basket, and it, it can't go on forever. Um, like 2023 is when it has to happen. Um, so. But that's fine for for Jose Iglesias. Like, from that standpoint, Jose Iglesias wasn't going to be here in 2023. So if your argument is, well, he wasn't going to be a part of our championship team anyway, so let's get a couple of talented pieces for him, fine. Um, But A, the pieces are that talented. And B, Josh, this team, again, with the loss of Nunez, with the loss of Alberto, with the loss of Iglesias, like, we've gotten worse, right? We haven't replaced those guys with anybody. So we've gotten worse, I think, overall.
0: Right. Now, Elias did say in today's virtual winter meetings that he is out there and he's trying to bring in a shortstop. And he, he said he said he's trying to bring in a shortstop and more competition for our rotation.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't first of all, the rotation stuff, I don't really get that at all. What kind
0: of competition? Like, we have
2: a lot of pitchers.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm, I feel the same thing. I'm like, I'm OK with our rotation right now. Yeah, I mean... The shortstop, it. I don't understand.
2: We have, we have Cobb, we have Means, we have Aiken, we have Kramer, right? Those are all guys who pitched well last year. Then we have this crop of young pitchers, cut, 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 who are coming up. That's four, right? But then we also have guys we just added the 40-man. Bruce Zimmerman, Alexander Wells, Zach Lothar... I mean, I mean, now up yeah. to what seven or eight. So, and then you add in guys who are like fringe starters, like Jorge Lopez. Like I just, and now we're trying to add more starters. And if you look at um, um, our our minor league pitching staff, our AAA A staff, and Double A staff are gonna be are gonna
0: be legit. So, a... and you don't you don't want to mess that up. You want to you don't want to put anyone in there that gets in the way of their progression.
2: Yeah, and it, lo- it sounds like he's looking for kind of a one-year Wade LeBlanc, Tommy yes. Malone type guy.
0: Oh right, something is, to...
2: Yeah, I don't really understand that.
0: I, what, compete with Alex Cobb?
2: Yeah, to, to take a roster spot away from, from, from Wells or Lothar, I guess. I guess. That's your motivation? I don't know. The, the only motivation is you hope to do another Malone situation, a Tommy Malone situation where you have them for half a year and then you trade them for something. Right. Here, here's, here's the quote about the shortstop from Michael Elias. And to me, okay. and I, read, I read all the Michael Elias quotes. Hashtag show prep. I read all the Michael Elias quotes. Here is the one quote that stood out to me about the shortstop. He said, this is part of why we did the trade. Above all, we're looking to raise the level of talent in the organization. Iggy is and was great. But that opportunity came along and we're in the middle of the, of the offseason in the winter when you can sign players and trade for players. It's not like an in-season trade. So we're going to be looking to backfill there to stabilize our team, to give us another opportunity to hopefully make a savvy addition that will ultimately net us some long-term benefit. And in yeah. the meantime, the young shortstops we have climbing through the minor leagues, leagues will get another year, year closer, if not here. So what mm. Michael Elias said there is he's going to try to sign a, a veteran shortstop to then trade <laughs> to get more right. younger talent, just hold him yes. on until the younger players like Gunnar
0: Henderson are ready. But I don't think he – before – here's my only problem with trading him is I don't – did he look first at the shortstops that are available? Because when I look at the free agent shortstops for this season, it's Marcus Seaman – Who's 30 years old, Semenia. out of our price range. Didi Gregarius, 31 years old, out of our price range, I would think. Uh, Aldrattan Simone, 31 years old. Freddie Galvez, 31 year old. Jensen Guzman, who's 22 years old. I don't even know how much playing time he got with the Royals, if any. Like, that's who MLB lists as the, as the available free agent shortstops. None of those guys stand out. Unless you're going to spend the money for a guy like Dee Gregorius, I don't see any of those guys meeting the Mike Elias description of a veteran talent that's better. I mean, what do you think? You see anything?
2: I mean, the, the Hecaveria is interesting to, to, to me. Um, yeah, I think that the top three are Simeon, Simmons, and Gregorius. And I think all those three out of our range. But a Jordy Mercer or, or and Dini like I think those two guys, or even like a Freddie Galvis. Um, but yeah, I think you're looking for a guy in his early 30s. Who you can sign for a one year maybe option for a second to have a similar deal that you did to Jose Iglesias.
0: Which then goes back to well, why did you trade the guy who you already had in the deal that was the right type of player? You know? It's just.
2: Well, why does Michael want him? Why did Michael want Jose Iglesias?
0: Uh, To be that defender, I guess just a placeholder. To then trade? The, that he can then trade. Okay, so I see what you're saying. You're saying in Glacius, we traded because whenever any of these veterans get to the point that another team wants them, we trade them. And the Because and that's the point. And that's what Elias said. And the reason we trade Iglesias
2: is so we can sign another guy and we and have room to sign another guy so we can trade him. Gotcha. I think that's Elias' quote.
0: Right, except you gotta, in order, you gotta bring one of these guys in that you can get cheap enough. To yes. fit into your budget, yes. That's also talented enough to help your team, and more importantly, I guess, be able to trade in a year or two.
2: Yeah, and that's and that's the brilliance, though, Josh, of the if you can do it again. This was the brilliance of the of the Iglesias deal. The two years, but you had a team option for a year. So, if it right. didn't work out year one, you just you you're you're done. But it yeah. worked out, so you do a year two. Trade him.
0: Um, yeah. No, and we've seen Elias have good luck with, with signing people for the veteran minimum and then trading them. We've yeah. seen it with a couple pitchers, and we've seen, seen it with Iglesias. We see that. It's a move he definitely does during the rebuild. It's just all that talk of uh, last season and is the start of the upswing. I want to start seeing some results.
2: Right. This, this does feel like a two steps forward, one step back type deal.
0: Right. And it's like, uh, it's like as fans, we saw 2020 as it, a crappy year, but at least a year where we got to make more progression. My concern with a move like this, until I see, I'm, I'm going to hold out judgment until I see the other foot drop, until I see what he signs, how he brings it together. But my fear is that Mike Elias looks at it more as 2020 was a year off, and now we're back on course for the... And I'm not at that point where I thought that was the next year in progression. We want to, we want good defense. We want to bring up uh, Adley Rushman this year. We want to move forward, and I don't see that yet. I'm still holding out time, but I want to see progress forward, not step back, step back, step back.
2: Yeah I, I, yeah, I think Elias is not with you on that. I think Elias is still on, and he said it, I'm on the acquisition, the talent acquisition, which is the same yes. thing he said the first day he walked in to the Orioles' job, or the Orioles' job, or his position. Right. And so I think he's still in that same mode of thinking.
0: Right. But this so, is year three of Mike Elias, right?
2: right. It, it, you it can't be leash. going...
0: When you hire a, someone to come in and like in on a business sense, come in and you name someone a CFO because you want to sell the company or a CEO and their role is to prepare your company to be sold. You don't give them five years to get, to get it down and ready to be sold. I'm not trying to say the it's a bad analogy with the Oriole fans so afraid that the Orioles are going to be sold and moved to Nashville. But I'm saying you bring someone in, you can't tell them, you can't give them a huge window to tear down, tear down, tear down. The farm system has gotten better. It's time to start getting better. Did you see Deadspin had a great article last, end of last week uh, about how you can build a baseball team that doesn't suck for under $100 million. And they used the Orioles as an example as because the Orioles are just getting rid of salaries. And I think when the article was written, the Orioles... Were around forty million, and their whole point of the article was: if you add another thirty to forty million for this te- to this team of well, veteran players on one to two year deals, suddenly you're back in with playoff contention. And I think you could do that and not hurt your rebuild. And I think that's an interesting approach. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the other side aren't we just- tired of being told wait? The
2: other side would argue, are you suffering COVID fatigue and rebuild fatigue, Josh?
0: I am suffering rebuild fatigue, yes. <laughs> yeah. The, I, mean- I. Our team already sucked. Uh, we've seen the farm system get better. I know there's promise in the farm system. But you don't always have to keep taking steps back. It's time to start moving forward. You're not going to hit that 2023 World Series if in 2023 you're still trading and to acquire pieces. I don't have the patience that Mike Elias has until I get that perfect star to build around. And my fear is that the Angelos family might not have that as well. And that might be why... The reason Michael Elias gets away with this is I'm gonna go into my third year of tearing the team down, but don't worry, I'll keep the team under fifty million. And as long as the salary is down, he gets away with putting a crappy team on the field. And I think that's gonna hurt I think it's I think it's we've accepted it and I'm not ready to accept another season. Pointless season of waiting until the end to see if we get the number one draft pick. I'm f- tired.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a couple a couple ways to go with that. On, on 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 the one hand, I think Mike Elias had to build this organization kind of from from scratch, pretty much. Um, there was no. International thing happening. Um, the minor league, si- our minor league system was one of the worst in baseball. That doesn't, that doesn't turn, around turn around overnight.
0: Yes, except it isn't overnight. Right now, we are in the number eighth farm system in baseball.
2: Yeah, yeah. right. So I, I think also what think my, also? I think what, what's wrong with that hundred million dollar theory is, is. It, it it keeps you it feels like two thousand to two thousand ten Orioles. It keeps you perpetually yes. in third place. Where what Michael Elias is trying to do is he's trying to build a a team that can compete year in and year out with the Yankees and Red Sox. And that takes <laughs> that you have to have you have to be the Rays. You have to have the best farm farm team in baseball
0: almost every year to keep yes. pace with them and but what else do the Rays kid. do? The Rays also invest in veterans, right? In, but, for where they need them. But
2: yeah, because they're good and they're ready to compete. I, I think yes. we'll get there. And Josh, I still think we're on the you, me and, and you and Michael Elias. We're all on the same page. It's still 2023. Not, not, none of this impacts 2023 in any way, shape, or form. And I, I think this coming year is going to be exciting and fun. Who cares? I mean, were you were you tuning in to watch Renato
0: Nunez or Hans Roberto? No, no, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. I don't. Those moves don't may bother me. Iglesias worries me a little bit. But but still, they will find but I'm a veteran
2: in shortstop to take his place, and you'll you won't know the difference. Good, that'd be great. Yeah, because you're gonna enjoy watching Austin Hayes, Austin Hayes and Ryan Mountcastle and, Mountcastle, and Trey Mancini. No, but that's and my Santander see. And okay. These young pitchers like Dean Kramer and Zach Lothar. And
0: that's, that's my concern. And my concern is that Elias focuses so much on tearing down that those young guys don't get to come up and, and get their starts in. If he's holding them all back to wait and wait and wait until he's ready, that's my fear. Is I don't want to be keep all these guys in the minors and suddenly, oh, 2023, we get rid of the entire Orioles, and we're just going to bring the Norfolk Tide up. And they're going to be the Orioles. I I want to see what's going to excite me this year is seeing those young guys. Yeah, and, and meet, meet if you you're tearing down, you might not be bringing those young guys up, and that's my concern. Yeah, is are you focused on growth or more tearing down?
2: Yeah, I, I agree. But Josh, and this is where Mike Elias, Mike Elias is kind of has his reputation, reputation, and where it will come, where all this will, will kind of will find out if Mike Elias is the man for the job in that his ability to develop players, right? Like this is his thing. Yes. his he, he brought in all the gurus, the pitching development guru, who's now also our pitching coach. Um, and his whole thing is development there. we heard about it over at the at Bowie Bay Sox last year at all the development that was happening. Apparently, um, uh, Adley Rutschman is now the number one catcher in all of baseball just baseball, for spending a few months in Bowie, months with, special in Bowie with special
0: training. <laughs> I saw that. I see many people say that, that, yeah, if you bring him up in the majors, he's the, he's the best catcher. Then bring him up to the majors is what I say. Let, if that's true, put him behind the plate on opening day. I know I'm trusting the process. I'm trusting Mike Elias. But I also understand that his process has not been proven yet. He was part of the team in Houston. He wasn't running the show. He needs to prove it, and he's really focused on proving it. He has not proven that he can build a team that will then be able to compete with the Yankees and the Red Sox for years. I know that's his goal. I know that's what this process is about. But I am going to get a little nervous while I'm waiting the process out.
2: Yeah, and, and I'm curious to see what happens in 2022 um, when he's ready, or even next off season, maybe, when he's ready to start signing some free agents and how big the purse strings will be. Because maybe one can hope you're saving money now to spend it later, right? But you do hope, Josh, that hopefully too many fans don't go your route and get so turned off by the rebuild. That they're not around when we come back and start winning again, um, but 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 no. The, I think this past year was really fun because we saw Ryan Castle and a bunch of other young players. I think that's gonna. We're at that stage now where right. young players from our minors. And by the way, we haven't seen any of Michael Elias's drafted guys. These are all Duquette guys who we've seen in the majors. I know. Majors I know.
0: Far. People don't want to admit that, but yeah, yes. Duquette I trades
2: heard. and Duquette drafts it's, are the guys you're excited about in the majors. Yeah.
0: It's just like during Duquette's success, we credited on this podcast Andy McPhail a lot. Yeah. And people would get upset about that.
2: Yeah. Now people get but upset, upset about saying anything good about Duquette and how he uh, yeah, was part when, of the playoff teams. Yeah.
0: When Michael Elias went to the Astros, were the Astros in a worse position or a better position than when he came to the Orioles?
2: Oh, I think it's probably about the same. I mean, they were the worst team in baseball. They got a bunch of, they got two or three okay. one, number one picks.
0: It took him six years until the Astros won the World Series. Yeah, are you ready for a six-year rebuild?
2: Well, we're well. I, when do you define the start of the rebuild? When Dan Duquette traded Manny Machado, is that the start of? No, the no, 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 no. I no. It is when,
0: it is when Mike Elias came.
2: Yeah, it's not six years. It's not going to be six years. Because okay. Rodriguez, Hall, Kerstet, Rutschman, all those guys will be up before that. And all those guys can't be up, and we're still terrible.
0: Right. You, you and I have been projecting a five year. 2023 would be five years, because he came in 2019. So four years. So that would be four guess, to five years. I guess five years. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. This yeah. isn't a math podcast. <laughs> but yeah, five years. But, uh, you know what, I'd have to look at when, I'd have to look up the Astros' record. If they won the World Series in 2017, what was the Astros' records those years before?
2: Right, and, and was it an overnight turnaround? Like, like did, did they go from being, you know, a 90-loss team to to then you, you hit the switch, all these young players could come up, and you're, I mean, it's also I like... Kind how of, one... I kind of think they did
0: that. Yeah. Because I remember Sports Illustrated, like, declaring them as the team yeah. when it kind of was out of the blue. But uh, I'm going to try to look that up. I mean, you also had a situation a,
2: a few years ago with like, the Royals where all those guys came up. I mean, we're seeing it almost now, the same thing with the Cubs, where you have all these guys, their contracts are up because they were all brought up from the minors again. They, uh, they just let Schwarber go because they couldn't afford them because all these young players... Came up at the same time, and that's when they made the Rutsch series rounds. And it seems like with the Orioles, though, just based on now, it's, they're going to be spread out. Like Mount Mountcastle's already up, um, Rushman will be up in a couple years. Right, Josh, right. you think he's up for opening no, no. day? But I,
0: I, I want him up for opening day. I think realistically, he's up, I think, realistically, he's up next, I think I think realistically, he's up in the summer. I think June, July. I, think I want fall. him though, opening day. I pulled up the Astros in 2012, they won 55 games, 2013, 51, 2014, 70, 86, 84. So that's a nice progression. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then 101 in the right. World Series. Yeah. And then the big, team. but then since then 103 and 107, but 2020, they really sucked. They only got 29.
2: Yeah. But your hundred million dollar plan, whatever that was, you're talking about from the article, that's like building an 82 win team. Every year, which is that, one way to go. Yeah. Or would you rather it's kind of a for a while and then go for a run of 100-win teams?
0: Yeah, the Dead Spin article reminded me of the Orioles in, like, the early 2000s, the 14 years of losing, where it was like, we're going to yeah. sign these veterans and stick them with the Cavalry, and we'll be good.
2: Yeah, we'll sign Vlad Guerrero but, or Sammy Sosa, yeah. Was, uh,
0: Here's what I'm saying. I, I'm so tired of losing. Give me some fun. <laughs> Give me something to cheer for. Well,
2: I think even this year with the losing, though, and I'm curious to see how good we're going to be because I think we could be good. But
0: it's going to be fun. Uh, you, but, but you can't say we're going to be good when we don't have a third baseman, a shortstop, or a second baseman. Um, Those are important positions.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming we signed a third like shortstop. shortstop. Okay. And I'm assuming our, I mean, pitching, our staff pitching staff takes the next step next and is good.
0: And I, and I'm with you. I like our pitching staff. I think we got a bunch I of people to like,
2: play second base. Uh,
0: I like having Mancini back.
2: Yeah.
0: Maybe Mount Castle can move to second base. They try him everywhere else. I like uh, Cedric Mullins. I like um, Austin Hayes. Yeah,
2: DJ Stewart uh, Santander. Out DJ of that Stewart crew. Santander. Uh, L. Diaz. Diaz. Yes, he's yeah he's. he's
0: I like all those guys. Yes. And Adley Rushman behind the plate. Yes. And yes, it's that's a fun awesome. team. Awesome. That's a team I can get excited for. Yeah. I, my fear is that Michael Elias is not on the same page as me for that team. But, but that's no. my fear. No,
2: no. That team was mostly here this
0: past year. This past year.
2: Right? right? Like the only guy you're adding is, is Diaz and, and uh, Rushman. Everyone else is already here.
0: And Mancini, which means you got to make room and figure out how you use Mountcastle. And, yeah, and Rushman's the best catcher in baseball. That would make a huge difference on this team.
2: Yeah. And it's no problem working out um, Mancini and Mountcastle as long as you just never think about Chris Davis. (laughs) There's no problem. Well, no, Chris
0: Davis is there. Chris Davis is there. He goes
2: on the end. He goes on the end. If anyone needs Gatorade,
0: Chris, we need you. uh, You know, Michael I said he will announce new, like, base coaches soon. Yeah. Thank you, Chris Davis. That's, hey, we'll keep, we'll give you your same salary, but for now on, you're the third base coach.
2: That's the real judge of how competitive Ice wants to be, based on how many starts Chris Davis has. If he starts over 60 games, the Orioles are in full all right. tank mode. And all right, I can't wait. We, I can't wait a couple of months to judge when I see Chris, Chris Davis, Davis, Davis doing well again. Yeah, when Chris Davis has a good week hey. in spring training.
0: Last spring training, Chris Davis looked awesome. Unfortunately, COVID really hurt him. Yeah. And he, he says he overworked himself is his excuse. Yeah. He's got more excuses uh, than I, everyone else. I has. have a problem that I keep buying into Chris Davis. Yeah, you do have a problem. Yes. Yes, I do have a problem. All right. Well, that's a lot more baseball than we've talked in months.
2: Yeah, and we didn't even get into – maybe next week we're going to talk about – uh, the Frederick Keys uh, probably have some news yeah. on that by next week, and then maybe
0: it, uh, we do have some news out of the winter meetings. The DH rule is not going into the NHL into the NL this year. It's not going to the NHL either. Okay, this year. Good to know. So no DH for the National League, yeah. unfortunately.
2: And next week we'll also have a Rule Five guy to talk about. Um, I'm guessing what either a bullpen piece or. Another freaking utility infielder because we got about 50 of them yeah. on the
0: roster now. I mean that's that's generally what people let go of. So I'm gonna I'd go with a utility infielder.
2: Yeah, another Richie Martin type perhaps. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully more of a Santander type.
0: Yeah, but we got a bunch of outfielders also. We
2: are the Just to have the show from full circle. Um, Des Bryant's latest tweet. Great team win
0: <laughs> Great team win He's back Great on He's back on board See you guys next week yeah. Oh uh, you, you said When you and I Were texting pre-game You made a prediction About this COVID test You stick by that no, You think I, it's a no, false I, positive no, I changed my
2: mind On the false positive
0: But there's been a lot That's floating around uh, Yeah It's a uh, Who's the guy From the Nats That, that got screwed With the false positive yeah, was that Soto? Who had, yeah, kept, just yeah, kept on doing it. Soto. That. Yeah, and then uh, what is it? Uh, Elon Musk says he took four in one day, two, in, two positive, two negative.
2: Yeah, that's what. If I was if I was Des Bryant, I was like, I demand a recount. Swap my nose again. Just keep on doing uh-huh. it until you get the result you want.
0: Yeah, that's. I do feel for him that he didn't get to play against the Cowboys. But
2: yeah, he was pumped for
0: it. Yeah, that's and nice. I'm and I'm sure they had a bunch of plays set up to oh. to showcase Des Bryant.
2: Oh, I know. And without Snead or Andrews there, yeah, yeah he,
0: he had the opportunity. Yeah, now, instead we've in there all the time. Well, that's because Boykin fights for the ball. Brown, you got to throw the ball into the bread basket, or he doesn't even try for it.
2: Okay, but throw in the bread basket, and he'll run it 100 yards. It's yeah. And how about that
0: touchdown <laughs> yeah, catch? Yeah, he's fast. that was a sweet touchdown catch by Brown as that well. That was great. Yeah, Man, because the bad. pass was perfect. You throw it to him where he's got to fight for the ball. I don't think he I don't there's two things I've never seen Bryant do. Brown. Fight for the ball. Brown. Fight for the ball and jump. Right. I don't think he can jump for the ball either. Well, make 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 a good
2: throw. That doesn't have to fight for them. Do you do your job, but, quarterback?
0: Oh well, yeah, that's another issue. But it was a lot of fun to see the Ravens run tonight.
2: Yeah, it was it was a
0: dominating win, as it should be. On to yep. the Browns. Let's go. These all right, all right. So we're back on board for with weekly episodes. Yeah, probably on Monday. <laughs> all right, yep. Yeah, back to Monday nights. Yeah. Maybe we'll even mix in some live shows yeah. as we get in there. We're back, baby. As in live on the internet, not live in person. No, don't be ridiculous. You, you and I haven't even done a podcast in person in what over a year, I would think. A long time. Yep. Yeah.
2: All right, follow us on Twitter and, Twitter and Facebook. Just search for the show's name. You can follow me on Twitter, at Section336. You can follow Josh on Twitter.
0: At Josh Soroka. You can tell you get... <laughs> you yeah, all right? Yeah. Uh, did I, did I did it spell it out too much for you? Yeah. Slow it down? Yeah, you slowed it down. Hey, like I that. need some, I need some Spotify. Hey, you don't use Spotify for your podcast, do you? No. no. All right, I need someone who uh, subscribes to Section336 in Spotify to send me a tweet Because I've got some questions Okay Because Joe Rogan's now exclusively on Spotify So I tried to move my podcast to Spotify And I can't figure out how to get it to download my podcast
2: We made it through the whole show And then it just show. freezed on yeah.
0: me um, <laughs> I know, I <it's> saw <laughs> finished close it out right. I'll just edit that up.
2: Thanks for listening boys and girls And as always and Go always. O's oh. and go Ravens Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Burt, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches.
1: Behind home plate, we bringing it to him all day. All day. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Bird win or lose, we bringing it to you always. always. You know what's up? Welcome what Orange and black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah, welcome to Birdland. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Now, here come the boys from Section 336. Got it. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.